For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. morning great to be with you what made the choice for you why'd you pull the trigger and decide to get into this thing oh my run for the united states senate really is a continuation of my life and work in, in service uh, my life has been about serving others and um, i've been at ebenezer baptist church now for 15 years i've utilized the influence of that platform to fight for health care for all particularly those with pre-existing conditions I've registered hundreds of thousands of new voters, and uh, I've been focused on the dignity of work and the dignity of workers. Uh, and so this gives me an opportunity to translate my activism and creative agitation into legislation uh, to represent the people I've been fighting for in a different Kind of way. All right, and we'll talk some policy issues here in a moment, but I want to talk about the, the logistics of the race itself and the dynamics of the race, the horse race part of this. And you understand the conventional wisdom as well as anybody. The idea for Democrats is to let those two, Collins and Leffler, slug it out, uh, one of them probably into a runoff against probably a Democrat and quite likely Raphael Warnock. Is that the way you see this thing playing out? Well, I, I have to be honest, I'm much more focused on who I'm fighting for than who I'm running against. Uh, we're aware, obviously, of what's going on on the other side. Uh, I think it's it's an interesting battle. That they, the two of them seem to be focused on who can best represent Donald Trump. I'm focused on who can best represent the people of Georgia, the folks I talk to and counsel in my church uh, who are focused on their health care who are worried that they might lose it in the middle of a pandemic, uh, who are trying to, you know, make ends meet. I grew up in public housing, and I've felt and known personally the struggles of ordinary families, and I hope to bring that passion and perspective to Washington. I don't know where you are on the issue, and let's, let's dive into some issues here. I know where the Democrats as a party are on this issue, and I know where the church generally is on this issue. You as a, as a pastor, as a minister, uh, you're in a Democratic party that is in a very one-sided fashion pro-choice on the question of abortion. How does that square with, with your role as a minister, a leader of a church, a, a man of God? Oh, I, I believe that health care is a human right, and I believe that it is something that the richest nation in the world provides for its citizens. And for me, reproductive justice is consistent with my commitment to that. Uh, I believe unequivocally in a woman's right to choose, and that the decision uh, is something that we, we don't want government engaged in. But that's between her and her doctor uh, and her minister. And um, I will fight for that in the United States Senate um, and at the same time continue to fight that women can receive the kinds of services that they need uh, in order to have uh, a healthy pregnancy and, and healthy babies. We have a maternal death rate in this country uh, that is uh, exceedingly high, particularly to be the richest country. Uh, in the world, our infant mortality rate in the country and in Georgia is exceedingly high. 
and the death rate uh, for black women as a result of childbirth uh, is three to four times that of white women. And you will see me as someone who's been focused on these issues for years, uh, really since I was 19 years old and served on the Southern Regional Task Force on Infant Mortality. I've been focused on women's health, women's choice, and reproductive justice. Uh, that is consistent with my view of, uh, as a Christian minister, and uh, I will fight for it. Do you think it's consistent with God's view, that, that God endorses the millions of abortions uh, we've had in this country since Roe v. Wade? I think that human agency and freedom uh, is consistent with my view as a minister. Uh, the larger question of Black Lives Matter, you heard there, uh, Raphael Warnock, you heard Senator Kelly, Le- uh, Kelly Leffler describe it as a Marxist organization. Its leaders have said as much. That we're steeped and trained in Marxism. Uh, the, never mind Black Lives Matter as a sentiment. Uh, your assessment of Black Lives Matter as an organization. Kelly Leffler is playing a sad and cynical political game. We have people dying on the streets. We saw it this summer uh, with George Floyd, who uh, was killed in broad daylight while begging for his life for minutes with an officer's knee on on his neck. And this is not the first time we've seen this kind of thing. Maybe she has the privilege of playing political games because she hasn't lived very close to the problem. I see these issues up close as a minister. I've stood with parents as they have worried about uh, the lives of their children. Uh, As a black man myself, I know what it's like to have my father have that talk with me about, you know, how to survive uh, when you encounter the police. And this is not an attack on police officers. This, this is a, a, we're standing up in the best of the American tradition, uh, saying that um, we believe in equal protection under the law. And um, um, Kelly Leffler is focused on making cheap political points uh, at the cost of people who are really trying to save lives. Uh, should police be uh, defunded? No, I don't. No, we should not defund the police. Uh, we should certainly reimagine the relationship between uh, the police and communities. Uh, that's something that I've fought for for years and I'll continue to fight for. Listen, the United States of America warehouses 25% of the world's prisoners. We're 4% of the world. And we've got to uh, think about that and think about the kind of society that we want to have. And I think it's one... Uh, where we have equal protection under the law. And uh, the women on Kelly Leffler's basketball team were simply trying to raise their voices based on, based on real experiences. And um, she's trying to score political points, uh, trying to silence them, basically telling them to shut up and dribble. Uh, I think they've demonstrated a great deal of courage to say that we have a voice, we have a right to speak. Uh, and uh, I'm very, very uh, encouraged and honored uh, that they decided to support me 
you uh, used in my race and movement uh, to deal with these issues that I've addressed my entire career. All right, Raphael Warnock, Senate candidate here. You used the phrase a moment ago, warehousing prisoners. Uh, we have seen in cities around the country where they open the doors to some of our lockups and some of the bad people come out and bad things happen. Spikes in violent crime in big cities, including Atlanta, increases in violent crime. And the victims frequently are black and they are Tragically and sadly, children witnessed the case of Sequoia Turner, who was, we would have to acknowledge, not killed by any white supremacist. Listen, um, over the last 30 to 40 years, we've seen our prison system grow unlike any in the world. And 50% of the folks who are there are people of color. Uh, most are there for nonviolent, drug-related offenses. Uh, we saw this uh, war on drugs for about 40 years, and really it was a war on struggling communities. Now that we are dealing with an opioid epidemic, uh, I think there's a recognition that often what we're dealing with is a public health emergency. And rightfully, we're now responding to the opioid epidemic, which largely uh, impacts uh, rural white communities, suburban communities, uh, often uh, in the way that we should have been addressing this whole war on this, this whole issue around uh, drugs and policing in the first place. Well, I, I would, and so I'm, 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 I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged because we have a multiracial coalition of people of conscience uh, who understand um, that our children are going through communities that uh, we control, and that it's up to us. As a kid who grew up in public housing, listen, I, I know what it's like to have a kind of rough scrabble life um, uh, in terms of the things and the pitfalls that you could fall in. But thankfully, I had a community that placed its arms around me, gave me a Pell Grant, low-interest student loans, encouraged me. And as a result of that, I was able to finish college, earn a Ph.D. degree, and move from the project to the pulpit. Right, help me, help me if it, I know. all across Georgia. Help me connect the dots here. I, I, what you had men with guns who blocked a street in Southwest Atlanta and an open fire on a vehicle in which an eight-year-old girl was killed. Help me connect the dots between that and opioids. What, what, what does the one have to do with the other? Well, I don't, I don't think that's what I said. Um, and we're talking about America's prison industrial complex. You're talking about a particular case. And uh, I think that the movement that we've seen in the streets over the summer has been about uh, a demand that we have equal protection under the law. You know, somebody asked me after the killing of George Floyd, what was it like to preach in the pulpit of Martin Luther King Jr. after that? And I said to them, sadly, it's something that I have too much practice with. It's like the Sunday after I preached after the killing of Trayvon Martin, after Michael Brown, after Sandra Bland, uh, and the list goes on and on, eight-year-old Tamir Rice. And I think American people and the people of Georgia are seeing that, which is why you saw this summer a multiracial coalition of conscience pouring out into American streets saying, listen, we're better than this. This is not who we are. This is, we, we believe in this promise of democracy and equal protection under the law, you pull this unum out of many one. And I think you're going to see that kind of movement uh, to the polls this November.